Sometimes it's you have to just kind of call your bets and pivot. If you start writing songs with a certain crew and it's not jiving, pivot. If you start working with somebody production-wise and it's not jiving, pivot. I'm telling you. What's up, y'all? And welcome to the Music City Playbook Podcast. If you're an aspiring musician, artist, songwriter, or producer, this podcast is for you. It's my goal to keep your dream alive. My name is Forrest Whitehead. I'm a professional songwriter here in Nashville, and I can easily remember what it was like starting out trying to get my career off the ground just a short 10 years ago. And I want to pass along some of the key things I feel set you apart as a successful creator. So thank you guys for being here, and be sure to check out musiccityplaybook.com. What's up, y'all? Today's episode title is Be Open to the Pivot or be open to pivot in any situation that may be in. I feel like sometimes you get so set on the way things should be or your mind's made up and your mind's made up on the direction that your career should go. And being headstrong and knowing what you want is important. But what's equally as important is knowing when to pivot into a different situation. The content of this podcast comes from a live Zoom call that I did at the very start of Music City Playbook. Whenever I started posting these interviews on my Instagram, I made a post and said, hey, we're going to go, we're going to do a live workshop. It's going to be free. And I just wanted to get on there and be honest and give as much value as I could to anybody that was willing to listen. So there was about 30 to 40 people that joined the Zoom call and we did, we used to do it like three nights in a row. The ones that have been here from the beginning remember these free live workshops. And the funny thing about these live workshops is just I kind of free flow. <laughs> I, I jumped around on a lot of subjects, but you can also tell that the energy and the passion of what I was saying was just real, raw, and honest. And that's exactly what this podcast episode is going to be. I'm very honest in what I'm about to share. And there's some things that, you know, I won't share anywhere else except in a podcast like this because sometimes it's just too raw and real. And sometimes, you know, there's publishers and other influential people looking at my Instagram, seeing what's going on. So I say that to say, unless you're willing to go deep with me and listen to this whole podcast, you're really going to get the extra real honest side of how I feel about certain things that I've faced in the music business. And I say all this to help you so you don't make the same mistakes that I did. I talk about how I got my first publishing deal. I talk about how, you know, I, I wish I would have incorporated some type of manager as I was switching publishing deals. There's a lot of value in this podcast, so I'm going to shut up and get right to it. I moved to Nashville uh, 2009. I did not know a soul. Uh, I basically found somebody that went to my church in my little small town back home who knew somebody because everybody always knows somebody, you know. And then whenever you get there, uh, you never know what to expect. But I heard, oh, this person worked with Chris Young and, you know, someone on The Voice and this or that or whatever it may be. And uh, he ended up managing, you know, a pawn shop as well. And he gave me a job and he was a songwriter. He did work with, with Chris Young and he was my first believer. But he gave me a job to kind of float me. Uh, and I worked at the pawn shop and I worked at McDougal's Chicken in Hillsborough Village. If y'all are familiar with that in, in Nashville, it's a great like fresh fried chicken place. Like it's really good. I still go there. There was a time where I was like had a tray full of chicken and I ha my phone started ringing and I lost that job because I pretty much took a phone call 
ultimately that's what really cost me the job. It was a lot of things leading up to that, but I was just so focused on talking to other people that I met in there or responding to opportunities. Uh, so whenever BMI showed up on my phone, I freaked out. How does B, how is BMI calling me? I picked up the phone. Oh my God. You know, hello. I've been trying to get in touch with y'all forever, whatever, you know, and it was, Hey, this is Bradley Collins. I'm a writer rep over here at BMI. I, 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 Felicia King is in here and she told me about a friend of mine. She told me about, you know, that I need to reach out to you and she played me a couple of your songs and I'd love to come in for a meeting. So I came in for a meeting and that's kind of how my, my journey got started. Ultimately, someone from ASCAP got me my deal. That's another kind of whole story. But you guys got to know that even my first breakthrough or your first breakthrough isn't the one that necessarily leads you to the thing that really gets things going, which was unique to, to me at the time because someone from BMI is calling me, we're going to get you a pub deal, promising you all these things. But it started with, I'm sure some of y'all have experienced this. Bring me another song. Meet with me in, again. Come back in a month. So, I mean, you know, that's what it turned into. I felt like, why isn't anything happening? Why did he want to reach out or, you know, whatever that was? So I was out at Douglas Corner playing a show and there was an ASCAP rep there that said, look, I know you're BMI. I was just out here. I'm a fan of what you do. Let me know how I can help you. And then immediately I was like, look, I can't even get my BMI rep to, you know, really send me out to any publishers. What do you feel like? Here's my list of songs. I think it was like a CD at the time. It wasn't like emails even. Probably could have been, but it still was the trend to like write Sharpie on top of a CD and hand it to a publisher. And I remember, you know, he said, you know, oh, well, Celia already gave me one of your CDs. That's why I'm here tonight. Celia was my publisher eventually. But the way those things happen is word of mouth. So you start writing with somebody who tells somebody else, who tells somebody else, who maybe have better opportunities than you that are in a different room. But if you're kind and you bring your A game, they're going to talk about you. But your name's going to get around. This is such a small town. So whenever you think about how much you have to invest as far as marketing yourself, really what you have to do is show up and be kind and, and, and give insane value to people. And, and the principle of it is, is just showing up, not expecting, not expecting ev- everything out of the next person. Expect that, okay, I got to carry the whole thing, but be, be where you can work together with somebody and hear some other ideas. You have to learn to work and collab because whenever you come in and say that you feel like you can do the whole thing, that gives off a bo- bad vibe. I'm, all I'm saying is be prepared. Because what that does is it prepares you in a way where you're over-prepared and you always over-deliver. And if you learn that balance of how much you're giving into a session, how much you're leaning into the melody, leaning into the, uh, you know, whatever you feel like your strength is, if you can find that balance and know that you always have more in the tank to give, more gas to give, think about that. Think about the days that you show up and you're just so empty. I had one of these days earlier this week, guys. You just want to make sure that you're overprepared because you always want to have that long. It's almost like when you're running a marathon, you don't want to give everything at the top. You know what I'm saying? You want to make sure that you pace yourself during your session. And if you're anything like me, you get three hours into a session, your mind starts wondering, you get hungry, you start thinking about what, you know, what you're doing later that evening. So you don't want to burn too fast, too quick. And so whenever you go into a session, fill out the vibe, throw out an idea, Know that you have some more. Hear other people's ideas. You know, and sometimes you're just overwhelmed with an idea and you just have to share. You have to say, I got this thing that's burning me up. And people love that. But most of the time, what's it like? We're uninspired. We're just kind of looking, fishing through, trying to get another thing. If you write every single day like you should to to stay on that, that sharpness, stay on your grind, then you're going to get worn out. What I'm trying to tell you is have things that motivate you and that are inspiring to you, kind of like like this track. I ain't sending y'all no BC tracks. 
I'm sending you all the stuff that inspires me. So I want the things that get you guys excited to write because I know that's what inspires me. Even these Zoom things, I'm trying to channel it to like, what could I've learned, you know, before I'd known anything about this, before I signed my first pub deal, before, you know, I even heard about being a, a, a producer or there are a lot of different lanes of, of going about this. That was one of the questions you guys asked too was like, and I ho hope y'all are on here. I'm not sure which one it was. There were a lot of questions that came in, honestly, uh, in the email. So I'm going to try to get to them, drop them in the chat if I don't. Uh, but one of them was, if you're a producer, should you go get a publishing deal or a production deal? And so I signed a publishing deal, a 100% publishing deal. The first offer they gave me was $12,000 a year. I didn't take it. I said, I'd like to quit my job at the pawn shop. I'd like to quit my job at McDougal's Chicken. I mean, you're going to have to come back a little bit better than that. And I didn't even know at the time if that was the right or wrong thing to do. Just me being the person I am, that gut reaction was like, uh-uh, I don't like that. I want something different. And you know what? They came back with another offer and they said, all right, we'll give you 18. I'm like, all right, where'd I sign? <laughs> you know, and there are a lot of things about that deal that, you know, was a learning process. One of the main parts that I want to talk about is just make sure that your recruitment is not on mechanical royalties. That was the biggest uh, pitfall of my career so far. Recruitment and mechanical royalties, they don't match, okay? Because nobody recoups on mechanicals. Nobody's going to go to Walmart and buy your stuff anymore, okay? Nobody's doing that. So any contract that you come to, and your lawyer should know this. My lawyer should have known this. But what's happening in Nashville is things are changing so quick. The internet's taking over so quick. The deals that are being handed out, even still now, are kind of dated. They have terms in them and Nashville's known for this anyways to kind of be a couple years behind or whatever LA or they even say like, you know, some of the, the country or music here is like pop music back 10 years ago. You know, I'm sure y'all have heard that comparison. But the reason I say this, you have to be aware of some of the deals and that you have an up-to-date lawyer on any kind of deal that anybody's offering you to make sure that it is considering streaming and that it's considering YouTube, Snapchat, TikTok, all these things that people are consuming content on. The producers on here, guess what? Y'all probably heard me rant about this before. Last time I was looking for a pub deal, which was three years ago. I'm coming out of my pub deal in November. My publisher was on here last night. He don't have the link tonight because I, I wanted to talk a little bit more real tonight than I did last night. But it was good. I talked to him on the phone this morning. He's like, you know, you said a lot of great things last night. You know, at the same time, we're kind of in a weird spot because I'm asking out of my deal, honestly, for a lot of a lot of reasons that I do want to talk about, but in respect to everybody here, in respect to my own career, I want to talk about what will help you guys, not just rant about my problems and my publishing. Because what it comes down to is a team, okay? And what I'm, the reason I'm doing this Music City Playbook, I'm building a community. I'm hiring people to help me do this, to kind of build my own team, to build a, a situation where I can write with the people that I believe in. I can take chances on the artist development that I want because I've kind of put that responsibility to publishers, which leads me to my point. Publishers or managers? What are the differences? I thought I needed a publisher. And you know what? A publisher changed my life. So maybe I did need a publisher. But I'm learning now the trend, like I told you, Nashville's been behind. The trend in LA has been writer managers. So what do they do and why are they important? They're supposed to have the connections. They're supposed to have the, the backdoor pitches. They're supposed to have everything that a publisher would offer you while you keep your asset. Yes, they take a percentage. 10 to 15%, obviously, for any kind of manager position is normal for them to take. But let me tell you, over the longevity of your career, 
Think about if you gave, like me, if you sign 100% publishing on your first deal, maybe something crazy happens and you have a hit song in that and it goes number one. Maybe something extra crazy and you have another one. And maybe something just totally unpredictable happens and you have three hit songs under a 100% publishing deal. You know what I walked away from that deal with? Nothing. I can't go to another publisher. I can't offer any kind of value of saying, I've been a part of these songs. Here's some equity. Here, let's sign a go forward deal. Nothing. I had it all tied up with this one publisher. Yes, they gave me advance. Remember, we talked about $18,000. So <laughs> they give you 18. They take 100% of it. You're, you believe in your talent enough, you have a hit. That adds up a lot quicker than you think. So when you have, a, a, you know, let's just do, you make $100,000. Wouldn't you rather give 15 grand to somebody and keep your publishing? Because let me tell you, a hit song, I, the most, the most, the most money I've made on a hit song, I'll just go ahead and tell you, it's been about 200, north of $200,000. And that's not a lot of money when you think about the longevity of a career. How long does it take to hit a hit song? Sometimes it takes you, sometimes it takes people a couple years, sometimes it takes people 10 years, 20 years. Some people here a long time before they get that. And if you stretch out that amount of payout over the amount of time that you have to invest in this, the numbers don't add up. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is to educate yourself about ownership of your master. And if you're out there killing on the road, guess what? You can have songs on the radio. You could be selling shirts. You could be selling CDs. You could be doing all these things, all the tangible things, the physical things out on the road. That's how you're going to make your living. For me as a creative, I'm not going to go out and sing my songs, travel. I'm never going to see a ticket stub or anything like that. I probably will speaking at events, but not like performing with my name on the ticket, like come see Forrest. That's not my gift. My gift is, is building and producing and developing. And that's what I'm saying. Be real with yourself on what your strengths are. Fall into your gift and know what your role is. That way you can put out the most value you can in that role. Because we could be putting all this other value in a, in a direction that kind of leaves us spinning for a while. And I know that we always get in that thing of like feeling like, Man, I've been, I've, been, I've been doing this for so long. Should I not, you know, just keep doing it? Hey, real quick, if you really want to know what it takes to become a professional songwriter, I want to invite you to go check out the 7-Day Songwriter Challenge at MusicCityPlaybook.com. I've created a challenge with seven of the biggest hit songwriters I know that give you daily lessons on how to approach your song like a pro and also explain what it takes to be successful in the Nashville music business. So if that sounds interesting to you, make sure to check out the 7-Day Songwriter Challenge at musiccityplaybook.com. Sometimes it's you have to just kind of call your bets and pivot, you know, the same way that you do in any other thing. If you start writing songs with a certain crew and it's not jiving, pivot. If you start working with somebody production-wise and it's not jiving, pivot. I'm telling you, make mistakes while you're young. You know, it's that whole age-old thing. But look, the only thing I regret is the stuff that I, literally the chances, it sounds so cheesy, y'all, the chances I didn't take. And so, there's a lot of things that you could be in investing in your life right now, whether it be in production, whether it be in pushing yourself out of, you know, stop being nervous. Just reach out to that person, send that song, upload that Facebook post. Something is going to change your trajectory if you change your output of it. Even the, the, the call last night, there were a couple of connections that came through that just totally blew my mind that are going to help me on the social media side. They helped me get this, this kind of information out to more people. Because as you know, please y'all go set, subscribe to the YouTube. There's there's more of y'all on this call right here than some of the YouTube videos I got. There's a lot. What I'm trying to say is you can have a lot of great talent and a lot of great knowledge and a lot of great value. But if you're not putting it out to the right crowd, 
you don't have the right singer, the right publisher, the right manager in your co- corner, it's going to, it's going to hit a wall, man. You know, and I want to keep putting out that content the same way I kept writing songs and nobody cared. So for me, trying to start uh, Music City Playbook is the most exciting and the most challenging thing I've ever done. But you know, it reminds me a lot of making something out of nothing. And what that is, is writing songs. What that is, is making a production. And what that is, is giving to it and giving to it and believing in it before anybody else sees it or acknowledges it. So you guys got to believe if you're hitting that wall and, and you can't get past that, that, that point of, why well, won't this publisher respond? Why well, won't this co-writer write with me again? It's more about what can you give them? Can you out of the blue drop them a track or an idea that inspires them? Can you out of the blue make a connection for them and say, hey, I just thought you two should meet. Can you out of the blue get on their radar in a way that's not asking? You know me, I'm always trying to encourage you guys to give because that's what this whole thing starts with. You have to give literally what you want to receive. I mean, let's be real. How bad do you want this? Let's be honest. How hard are you working? Let's be kind. How far have you come? Let's be motivated. How far will you go today? Let's be visionary. Imagine the outcome. Let's be clear. Imagine every detail. Let's be unstoppable. No one can keep you from your dream. And the reason I take the time to read that is because every single letter and every single word matters, okay? You have to have all of these pieces together for these things to work. Cause there's going to be a lo- there's going to be a dry desert period, y'all. It's going to be a drought for a while for you if you're just starting out. The same way it's a drought for me on on YouTube right now. But it's okay if you know that at the beginning, you can expect that and press through and work through that. Just like any other thing, any other job, you're going to go through this 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 unsteadiness of of not knowing what your role is, of not knowing how you res- you should respond. So you know what you should be doing at that point, making mistakes. I want to know that every time you see Music City Playbook come in your email, that you're going to get a piece of information that we're going to, if you listen to it and apply it, it's going to change your trajectory. Okay. This is stuff that I think about, I plan about, I plot about. The guy, uh, y'all that were on here earlier, I, I was listening to a podcast this morning. I take things from these podcasts and I will put it into a motivation of the music industry. That's how I get my content and videos. I use this stuff. I'm not just saying this stuff. This is what's gotten me through. Whenever my parents were telling me that, hey, you might have to get a real job, I was believing in this stuff. I was reading books. Whenever my publisher was saying, hey, you're going to have to do something else because you know, you're not actually, you don't have any cuts. <laughs> you know. And I'm saying even in the last couple of years, think about my last, my last number one was two years ago. So there's a lot of people that start feeling uneasy. And I'm not saying that I don't think about it in a way of scarcity because I believe in abundance. So the same way I'm giving out these tips on production, giving out these songwriter tips, I believe in abundance. I believe there's always another hit to be written. I believe there's not the scarcity of, oh, it's all mine and I can't share any of this stuff and we can't share samples or sessions or ideas and all this stuff. It's about giving because the more I've given out, the, dude, I've been more inspired by the people I've met and worked through here than the than this. This is why I can't have my publisher on here tonight. And I've been more inspired by some of the stuff that you guys have sent me and that I've, that I've worked with, like, like I said, actual sessions that will be coming out as content on the playbook of writing songs that I have in the last couple of years in my pub deal. And that's nobody's fault, but whose? Is it my publishers? No. I found you through Bobbycast um, like a few weeks ago and I went and followed you. That's how I found out about this. But uh, so I was wondering, um, like the difference between like a pub deal and like a production deal and how you would go about um, securing a production deal 
over a publishing deal because there's lots of stories that I've heard about getting a pub deal and just, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm moving to Nashville in two weeks, so I'm just trying to figure that, that sort of thing out. So whenever I hear production deal, I, that is a deal between you and the artist. Whenever you a publishing okay. deal is a deal between you and the publisher. A production deal and a publishing deal can happen in tandem. I've in several of those, and to be quite honest with you, because I did not take care of things on the front end signing contracts, I'm currently getting screwed out of one of those deals. A project that you work on for years, and if you don't have a producer agreement in place, write this down, producers. Write this down, producers. I'm telling you, learn from my mistakes because this has happened a lot. And some of them, hey, I'm not going to mention what, but some of them happen to be on a major label. And if you don't have a producer agreement, getting paid out is a lot harder. What the agreement should be, half up front, half on the delivery. I've never once, never once in my career have had that but that's what it should be. Meaning like, it's always been like you do the work up front, you turn it in and they pay you out on the back end or whatever. That's what a lot of people try to convince you. But if you know your value and like I, like I said, I'm stepping into a season of knowing my value. I got a kid. I got another one on the way. I'm taking care of my mom now. I can't just work for free anymore, you know, and I'm, I'm getting on here doing these Zooms for free to educate y'all to not make my mistakes. If you want to make money, you want to further up in this business, you can't just give away. There comes a point to where you have to draw the line of who you're in business with and what you're investing in. A lot of things you invest in that you're not going to see a lot of reap out of. So you have to love it. Okay. But whenever you invest in an artist as a producer, it's important to have an agreement for both of y'all. Okay. Because that discusses the master ownership of what I'm talking about. Because if you don't have that stuff planned out, guess what? The moment a publisher gets involved, they're going to take that shit. I worked with a band two years ago. A song was born in my living room. It got placed on Amazon. It streamed a million times. Did I get paid for it? No. Did I get a producer advance? No. What happened is it got to a publisher that got signed. They took the master of it. They uploaded my track with their name on it. Okay? And... Another reason I'm doing the playbook to educate people. I'm now at a part, I got a different lawyer and I'm, I'm working through these things to be more proactive about it. But I'm seeing how quick this music industry moves. I'm seeing how, um, you know, everything is popping off online right now, guys. Every, all the fires are starting there. Very rarely, you know, you take Lainey, for instance, last night. You know, there's a lot of things that, that happened for her whenever she started engaging on social media and building her following that way. Like I said, when you release something, you don't want there just to be crickets. But not to derail too much, I just want to tell you, publishing deals, are they necessary? Do you have the connections? Or do you just need a manager to help you get those connections? Do you have to sign a 100% publishing deal to get a seat at the table? I tell you what a lot of people do is they really geek out on a certain writer or they're inspired by a certain writer and they want to maybe be under the wing of that and sign it all over. And I'm not saying that's no wrong, nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of people that have a lot of success with that. But the problem with that is, is this writer will never, maybe some will, but my bet is this writer will never give you the opportunities that they get. The reason they're taking a chance on you is because they have the budget to sign 10 of you, 10, 100% pub deals. And one of you is going to have a connection. One of you is going to pop off. And guess what? The ones that he's paying you $30,000 or less for, that's just a write-off. If you're a hit writer and you're making millions and millions, you need write-offs, okay? 
you need to buy MacBook Pros and plugins and, and, and you know, you need that stuff because it's digital assets. It's a song. It's not like you're, you're hiring equipment and a crew and everything else in other business. We get taxed crazy. That's why people are looking for write-offs. That's why people build companies. Whenever I think about the person that signed me at the deal who, who got kind of moved to another position, hired at another company, that's another thing. You need to make sure that any publishing deal that you're having, that you love the whole team and that the whole team loves you. Because if your person goes, it's an odd situation. Not saying that my team doesn't love me. I told y'all that, that my publisher was on here last night, but I would say that honestly, if he was on here, because I've, I've we've had these conversations. That's why I'm making content to tell you guys, while you're looking for a publishing deal, make sure you can sit back, kick back, have a beer, be honest with these people, okay? I was I came to a point where I was comfortable working with somebody who signed me at Black River, who was at Big Deal. So I signed the big deal. I do not regret that decision, but what I do regret is not being more strategic about not having a manager.